You're listening to Tin Pod Radio. This is Nick Brokenshire from the Once and Future Queen. To start out with, you want to give us a little uh, back history about the Famous Faces and Funnies? Uh, Famous Faces and Funnies, uh, we're almost at our 24th year. Uh, it's been a long time and a lot of fun. It's more work than anyone can imagine, but I love what I do. I love the people I deal with. Very happy with about 98%, maybe 99% of the customers we deal with. Uh, just very, very happy to have such a great community that supports us. Um, and we're, we're, you know, we're just thankful to do what we do. We get to share the book, the our excitement of reading with other people and the, the things we're excited about when people trust our recommendations. That's why we have a money back guarantee on any books that we love. We can trick you into buying something once, like we're selling used cars, or we can get you to come back and go, hey, that was great, what else is good? You know, and, and by recommending books we really enjoy and believe in, it gets people to come back and go, that was excellent, what else can I can I check out based off how strong your recommendations are? So yeah, uh, we just love that we sell comics and toys and pops and all sorts of cool stuff, and just a, a fun job that we love the people we interact with, and we're so thankful for all the support of this community. Uh, what do you think about the comic industry as a whole right now? Do you think it's strong, or? struggling or um i i think i mean i feel like we're uh, it's kind of odd to feel like we're in the minority where we're doing better than we've ever done with comics uh there's only a few times i can think of where we were in better shape selling comics than we are now overall we're having our best year ever a lot of that is like pops and toys and just trying new things but um diversity is what this whole thing's about there was times where we barely stayed in business by selling beanie babies and you know uh the craziest stuff um you know keep us in business uh these days we we're really really have a strong focus on comics and especially independent comics if it weren't for things like walking dead and saga and baby teeth and paper girls and just independent books I, i'm not sure what kind of condition we'd be in i am seeing a lot of stores struggling and a lot of like, the choices marvel's making like marvel's movies and tv couldn't be better marvel's movie uh comics are just kind of a mess where uh, they're concentrating more on the flashy covers and the shiny, you know, lenticular and this and that rather than, hey, how about the content? Put a better writer, a better artist on there. So Marvel's really struggling in our store right now and at a lot of stores. And almost all the stores I see, they're like, oh, we just went out of business. Well, what happened? We used to sell 100 of this Marvel book. Now we're only selling 10 or 15. We used to sell 50 of this. Now we're only selling five or six. It's like, man, that's really a, a terrible situation. Um, luckily for us, we've really, the last few years, built up where independent books and, and DC's on fire right now. We're selling more DC than we've sold in the last 10 years, 12 years. Uh, and yeah, between them and independent stuff, we're really, really doing pretty good. So we're really thankful to have that, but we didn't put all our eggs in that one basket of, hey, Marvel, Marvel's movies are great, therefore everyone will dive in with every new number one. So um, I know personally one of the things, and I know other people expressed this, I've read that it's hard to jump in on the big two oh yeah for the most part um, uh, what yeah. do you think uh, DC tends to do like uh, not necessarily reboots but big events too what right. separates them from Marvel doing them? um I think the main thing uh, with DC is DC right now is doing their first event in the last three and a half years of you people act like oh Marvel and DC do too much events and it's like you're thinking of Marvel and you're blaming DC like DC gets caught up in a lot of the um, negativity of Marvel, but not a lot of the positivity of the big two. It kind of kind of seems unfortunate. Granted, DC's always been the underdog, and for us, we've always sold more DC than Marvel. Even though Marvel, DC puts out about 70 titles a month, Marvel puts out right now 92 or 93 titles. Way too much. Uh, even with having an extra, you know, um, fourth, almost an extra third, um, Marvel is selling way less than DC in our store. But overall, they're they're kind of tricking people into, oh, new number one, new number one, new jumping on point. 
You can only do that so many times. You can only trick people into buying something once. It's the same thing. We've bought a few books where we bought a bunch of number ones and went, this wasn't that great. And I'm not going to trick people into buying it and then not have them. Our word is worth a lot more than our making that $4 back. You know, we want you to, if we, we ordered a bunch of book and went, oh, that, that wasn't good. Um, that that kind of hurts the industry. So that's why we're so thankful we get to read stuff in advance and a lot of times to go, wow, that was great. Instead of ordering 100, I'm going to order 500 on a book like Baby Teeth or something we really, really enjoyed the first few issues of and excited to see what happens. Um, DC is has done a great job with um, Metal. It's 25 parts, including all the tie-ins. If you want to read just Metal 1 through 6, read 1 through 6 and you're good. That's the whole story. Um, if you want to read every tie-in, there's no more than two books a week. Like last week there were two books, Metal 2 and um, Teen Titans 12. That is literally no more than, uh, and e even DC originally Metal 1 was 4.99 book. They put almost every other book, even with the foil cover and a gimmick, they still are 3.99, which is the regular price of a Marvel book, which is awesome. So the whole thing of Metal, I think grand total would cost you under 100 bucks to buy. It might cost you 90 bucks total to buy all 25 parts over eight months. No more than three or four issues a month. That's not bad at all. You know, they're not not doing anything crazy. Um, Marvel, on the other hand, is like, hey, here's Civil War 2. There's 106 tie-ins. Hey, here's, um, uh, you know, Secret secret um, Empire. There's uh, 97 total tie-ins. It's like, guys, seriously, who has money for all these? $3.99, $4.99, $5.99 for some of these issues? People don't want to pay $6 for a comic, especially... Yeah. Yeah, it's just out of control. And you can't even jump in trades later. Oh, exactly. It's like right. it's it's almost impossible to jump right. in trades. Yeah, later. E even last few Marvel big events have been like, hey, here's a hardcover. It's seventy five dollars. Oh, does that have all hundred tie-ins? No, it's only the main one through seven and like two other things. You're like, for seventy five dollars for a hardcover, you're forcing people to buy that on Amazon. I myself can't can't blame anyone. We'll only order one or two copies. As big of a store as we are, we sell hundreds of this, dozens of this at trade paperbacks. The books like Witches and Monstrous and Things from Image, I won't even get into Saga. The hundreds of copies of each of Saga and Walking Dead that we've sold is absolutely insane. But when it comes to Marvel's big events, I'll order one or two copies because who the hell's going to want to pay 50 or 75 bucks for a giant hardcover? You know, it's the weirdest thing. So um, kind of strange. But yeah, uh, Mar yeah, Marvel's not done a great job of making their things really accessible. They've, they've been very... Um, inaccessible to long-term to anything but the most long-term fans. Long-term fans aren't interested in what they're doing right now. They're uh, on one hand, Marvel blames it on oh, social justice warriors and this and that, and people don't like diversity. They don't want female heroes. Incorrect. If they're done right, like Miss Marvel or Miles Morales, they're great. But you can't suddenly have an Avengers team that has a replacement Thor, a replacement Cap, a replacement Iron Man all at once. When the the coolest thing that DC did was legacy heroes. Hey, look, Kyle Rayner replaced. Hal Jordan, but it was one replacement dealing with the main Superman, the main Batman, the main Wonder Woman. If they were all replacements at the same time, DC tried that once, it was a miserable failure. You have to have these new characters work into their universe, and it, it can't be all at once. And, hey, look, diversity, new new character. Yes, female Thor is a hit, but you can't replace everyone at once and go, oh, look, this 15-year-old this girl that's in college, if you know, or already graduated college, she knows more about an Iron Man's armor than Iron Man knows. You're basically saying that you're one of your three smartest characters in the Marvel Universe all of a sudden is a caveman compared to this like 15-year-old girl we've never heard of before. How is it like you can't do that with your whole line and then wonder, oh, look, now Moon Girl, this uh, six-year-old girl is the smartest character in the Marvel Universe. You're like, wait a minute. No, you can't have every character be the smartest character and yeah. make 
Doctor Doom and Reed Richards look like idiots in comparison. It's and just, they're not even giving time for those characters because, like, I know I was into the Thor, the female Thor right, book, yeah. and I thought it was good, but then you have a big event hit, right. and it's basically interrupts like the flow of that character. Exactly, still. and you can, you can tell some of these writers are like, "Wait, what just happened? My book just got got kidnapped." You know, same thing. Straczynski had a great run, and he said. Men, they kind of forced me into a corner and said, oh, we're going to do this for the movie, so it needs to become a big event. And he said, I'm out of here. I was promised I could do my book my way, and now you're forcing me to push the character in this direction so it fits with what the movie lineup is, as if suddenly everyone that sees the movie is going to race into comic stores. Now books are going to sell you know, um, 600,000 copies or a million copies. It's not going to happen. In a perfect world, great. When Iron Man 1 came out, a ton of people came in looking for Iron Man stuff. There was nothing available. <laughs> it was like, oh my god, there's four Iron Man trades and three of them are out of print. What are you guys doing? Like, where's Demon in a Bottle? Where's Armor Wars? You know, where are these great books? Oh, the few copies that are remaining all went to Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thanks, guys, for thinking ahead. So, but since then, I mean, Wonder Woman is the biggest example recently of a movie that fired on all cylinders and then got people to come in. I sold more Wonder Woman trades since the movie then I've probably sold X-Men trades in the last three years. Like, it's insane. In the last four or five months, how many Wonder Woman trades we've sold? Probably more than every X-Men title, X-Men related trade anyway, with possible exception of the counting out the Deadpool stuff. That oh, That's how much money Wonder Woman has made me in the last few months just off the trades, which is Do you is think insane. it's because they gave them a movie that they hadn't seen before? Exactly, too, right. It? Yeah, I think I think that was a big part of it. I think, I think it's... Generally, even things like Guardians of the Galaxy, where people went into that first movie knowing nothing about it, that moved the needle a little. But the next, the last Spider-Man movie, I don't think I sold a single extra trade. Maybe one or two people going, I want to know more about the Vulture. But, like, that's it. Um, the last X-Men movie, I don't think I sold a single extra X-Men trade. Whereas things like Wonder Woman, where, where you know, people knew the character existed, but they knew nothing about her. It just really, really got people in here. And um, Iron Man 1 did that, but... For us, it's weird. It's things like Lucifer TV series. It's things like um, Hellboy and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, kind of stuff that's more um, obscure. The less people that know about it, the more we're going to sell. Like when The Watchmen, even the first trailer came out, we sold dozens and dozens of that books. We sold hundreds of Watchmen, which is always a bestseller, but we sold an extra 250 copies that year or something of that trade paperback because, one, people were like, 20 bucks for all these pages? Oh, my God, it's amazing. You know, so yeah, so it, it movies and TV shows. It seems like the less people that know about it, the more we sell of it. So if tomorrow they put out a brand new Batman TV series other than Gotham or a brand new Spider-Man TV series or, or whatever, it's not going to move the needle because everyone and their mom knows at least the basics of those stories. Whereas Wonder Woman, they came racing in, going, "I want to know more about this. I love the movie." So yeah, I mean, granted, a lot of the other movies on DC have been a misfire and haven't hit on that same level, but. Um, yeah, Wonder Woman definitely did it right and, and led to us selling a lot of extra stuff. Now, you talked about earlier about some of your biggest sellers being independent. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are afraid that if Marvel or DC either cuts their line of books down, right. or like people have always feared that they're just going to be a property for movies or something like that, it would destroy the industry as a whole. Do you think that's true with the strength of independence now? Um, I don't think so. I mean, uh, I did just see an article um, recently that IDW blamed the market leaders, and they're blaming Marvel and DC, and especially Marvel, saying that a lot of the biggest Marvel fans have gone away because they, they again, if you've got two Iron Man books and one is Riri and one is Doctor Doom, if you've got two Hulk books and it's got Amadeus Cho and it's got She-Hulk and neither one has Bruce Banner, neither, neither one has, has Tony Stark, 
you're missing the point. I'm not saying that I'm all for diversity and there are some great new characters out there, but you can't do your whole line like that at once. And the, when the Avengers lineup is all B and C list characters and new characters, and there's no Steve Rogers cap, there's no Tony Stark, there's no Bruce Banner, there's none of these characters that people want to see. It the main fans that have been with us for years have gone away. Marvel has reached out to that Twitter and Tumblr generation that likes to read comics. They don't like to purchase comics. They like mm -hmm. to read comics illegally. And a lot of people are scared about legal digital distribution. I have no fear of that. And nor do I think that if they magically got rid of all the, the 20 different comic pirating sites tomorrow, everyone would come in tomorrow and buy, spend three, four, five dollars a book per, for comics. I don't think that's the, the key. I think the main thing is, one, you have to deliver something that can't be, you know, you have to deliver something that's worth the money. And yes, having, having and the last thing I want is just, hey, look, here's lenticular coverage. Here's variants. Here's this. Here's that. It's out of control. It's just, it's got to the point where Marvel just did something that we're not participating in. We, we skipped most of it and said, look, you're putting out 29 books, but I have to order 200% of what I ordered on A to get to B. And then... I can't. No one's going to want cover A if it's right. If cover B is going to be $3.99 regular price or $4.99, who's going to want to buy cover A for that for $3.99? And if not, I'm stuck with 200% of this. And if you pay normally, I'll pay two, you know, about $2 for a $4 comic, and that's our markup and how we pay rent and bills and salaries and so on. I can't do that if I'm paying $6 to get three copies of a $3.99 book, and then I'm going to sell the lenticular for $4. And if I sell it for $8 or $10 or whatever, people are going to get mad. Oh, why is this one marked up? Well, here's why. Because we had to order $6 cost worth of stuff, and if you're only going to spend $4 to get it, and that's a big if, you know, we're stuck with the other $4 worth of cost. We're, we're, we're losing money on this. It's a losing formula. Yeah, it seems like know? a bad marketing thing on their standpoint. Like you got a movie coming out. Right. And you got Bruce Banner, like you said, in the movie. Right. And you don't even have one book. Yeah, exactly. Like, you right. could have the other books, but why don't you have a Bruce right. Banner book at the same time? Exactly. Like you said, and, like, you could have the female Thor, but you need the regular Thor at the same time if you're right. going to do that. Something yeah. a lot. It seemed like they were doing that in the beginning because, like, when Spider-Man came out, they had a couple miniseries at least coming out when Spider-Man right. came out. Exactly. Or Cap, but it seems like they fell off from that now. I think, I think on one hand, I think Marvel's finally realized, like, and every time the they did it so frequently that it was like, oh, look, Thor's back just in time for his brand new movie. The week before, Thor comes back and blah, blah, blah. We get it. I, you obviously want to have something on the shelves. And if a Thor fan comes in, I can point them at my favorite. Hey, Warren Ellis' Thor was really good. Hey, um, this this writer, Straczynski's Thor was great. There are so many things for these characters that have been around 50 or 60 years um, to uh, point them at. It's not like I can only show them this week's number mm -hmm. one and they'll be confused if it's not a number one. Like The problem is you're now on Thor Volume 9 and Captain America Volume 11 and Punisher Volume 12 number ones don't mean anything anymore and it's just out of control you act marvel's acting as if like people are like what issue 38 that's impossible to buy 38 back issues or it's impossible to catch up in trades you're you're really really derailing your whole market where you're you're yeah you're you're trying so hard to reach out to a new reader that doesn't want to buy your product and certainly can't afford it because you you're reaching four or five dollars six dollars an issue people don't want to pay five six dollars an issue like it's, it's kind of out of control. So, yeah, things have to change. A lot of people for years have said that like, the floppies are going to be gone. They're dying. They're going to be gone. Do you see that in the future? Um, I don't. I mean, I think it's awesome that DC still has mo most of their line over – over half their line for DC is coming out at two ninety nine, And they, they're doing more of the popular books like Batman, Superman, 
Um, Wonder Woman, they're coming out twice a month at $2.99 a book, and you still get standard 20 pages. It's awesome. Marvel doesn't have any books that are $2.99 except they're two, like, kid-friendly books that are based on cartoons. Other than that, every other Marvel book is $3.99, $4.99, even $5.99. It's out of control. People don't want to pay $6. On one hand, yeah, there's the occasional $6 book where you're getting... Um, Value-wise, you're getting 60 pages or 40 pages of story. There's something coming out, I think, next week, Marvel Legacy, and Marvel's made a big deal of, oh, wow, this book is everything you want, a little this and a little that and whatever, but it's mostly about the Avengers of 100 million B.C. and, like, here's Odin from 100 million B.C. and here's the Phoenix Force and here's this and here's that. Wait a minute, Marvel, people want to see Bruce Banner back. They want Steve Rogers back. They want the, – this is what they're looking for. They don't want to know what happened 100 million years ago. <laughs> like I, there, there is a big shocking moment on the last page of Legacy that will get people talking, and that's a good step in the right direction. I don't think that was original plan. I think they caught so much static, and they were like, order 150% of what you ordered on A to get to B, and you get an extra discount, whatever. And it was like – one of those were like, are we really going to sell 100 copies if we if we order 100, over 100 to get to this? Are we really going to sell enough to make it make it work? Um, once we find out what the end was, we, we jumped through the hoop, but we just refused to jump through the hoops for the lenticular covers and all the other stuff, and it's, it's just out of control. I don't think um, floppies or like comics are going to go away anytime soon, As but I think there's a major course correction that needs to happen, and Marvel's never been in such a bad position where they need to realize – if they put out 93 books a month and they're paying 93 writers and 93 artists, why? Like, why, why when only 40 of those books are really profitable, hey, I have an idea, Marvel, put out 40 or put out 50. DC's got 52 titles in their main line, and they've done really well with them. They've got a few books they barely make money on, and they make money on the secondary market off of trade paperbacks or pushing it at, you know, Scholastic or something like that, or even digital. There's a few books. Miss Marvel at one point was making more in actual digital sales than it was in, in comic book stores, which is amazing. That's fantastic. But that is one or two success stories for everyone that, hey, look, here's this book. No one buys it, and the critics don't like it either. Well, then, of course, it's going to get canceled at issue five or six. So I think Marvel, when early 2000s, when Marvel came out of their coma, they were putting out some of the best books they were ever putting out. They were putting out 40 books, and 20 or 23 of those were great. And people were coming in, and I was like, Spider-Man by Straczynski, my favorite run of Spider-Man of all time. I'm enjoying the hell out of this. Read this book. You're going to love it. Money back guarantee. Before Straczynski came on that book, I was selling 15 copies of Spider-Man. One, five, 15 copies. After Straczynski got there, 130 copies a month. It was my best-selling book, selling eight, almost selling nine, almost ten times what I sold before because it was that good. And everyone who came in the door, I said, "Hey, read this." And they went, "Oh my God, this is phenomenal! What else? What else is this guy writing?" I said, "This is all he's writing for now, but catch up on this." And soon he went to Thor and Supreme Power and a few other books. We sold those. Coincidentally, were also our bestsellers because people got excited about it. And I went from selling 15 of Marvel's main, you know, key book to selling 130. That's a gigantic increase because of how how good it was. When Marvel fixed things in the um, early 2000s, they only had 40, 42 books, and half of them were great. Right now they've got 93 books, and there's five or six that are really solid, and uh, 87 that are not great, and it's just not a not a good plan. And you know? it's hard to find those good ones in, right, with, yeah. within the mess of, of books. There's so often like somebody else say, oh, you should check out this book or this book but it's hard within that mess to actually just find it right yeah it's too much it's it's it would i'm not saying that you should only have one spider-man book and one x book we're not we're not in the 1970s anymore but at the same time when there's 15 x books there's usually only one or two that are good 
So why not just put out three or four total and, hey, hey, look, all three or four are actually good. You know, that'd be a great. That's what it was in the 80s. That's what worked. And when comics were selling peak numbers, you can't just constantly add to it. If Black Panther's hot and then you make a second and then a third Black Panther book and the, the second and third make readers go, I'm out of here. They, then you're back to the original Black Panther now is only selling really small numbers compared to what it was when it first launched. Doctor Strange doesn't need a second ongoing title. One is enough. If it's done well, you'll sell a lot of the trades and a lot of that, that book. But once you, the minute you put out a second book, people go, I give up. I'm done with this. Deadpool, same thing. They have constantly killed the golden goose with Deadpool where you have one book that sells phenomenal numbers for a while and it stays for, for a few years. And then you go to a second, third, fourth ongoing title and people get sick of it. And then they stop. I have customers that have Deadpool tattoos on their arm or their leg and they don't even buy the main Deadpool anymore because they're so oversaturated. We're like, yeah, I know I have this permanent picture of Deadpool on my body, but even I'm over it and don't even want the main title anymore. I'm like, yeah, Jesus. It's yeah. simple confusion with buying too. Like, right. Because like which one's the main Deadpool book or right, which yeah. one's the main Iron Man book. Like, like even if you're buying them, because I know with Deadpool – I was buying those regularly for a while, but then I, I remember seeing on the shelf, I'm like, is this the regular book? Right, because yeah. there's no thing to really tell yeah. a lot of times what's the main book or it, whatever. Yeah, it definitely does confuse fans. The other biggest complaint about Deadpool and what's hurt sales the most is, again, it goes back to Marvel just being greedy. Um, every seventh issue of Deadpool lately has been $9.99. Now, that for value-wise, that's the same price as like a manga where you're getting 150 pages or whatever, and they're putting out, hey, look, this has 80 pages story or whatever. Great, 80 pages story is fine. That's a great value. It's better than paying 3.99 for 20 pages. Um, but people, here's a hint: people don't like to pay $10 for a damn comic book. <laughs> they want to pay $10 for a six-issue miniseries like um, Monstrous or Witches or something like that, or the first six issues of a volume or Saga or anything. When there's so many good things they can spend their $10 on, they don't want a backup story about. Deadpool's friend's cousin's uncle that has a 16-page backup story that no one cares about, or you know, you put a hit monkey backup or whatever other silly character. There's only so far where people go, okay, you got me for ten dollars once. I'm a little mad, but I begrudgingly bought it. Oh, you did it again seven months later. I give up. I'm done. Oh, those people, you're you're breaking down your audience. I used to sell 100 Deadpool a month. Right now, selling about 15 copies. And again, for a character that. People love that movie. People saw the movie multiple times. They loved it. They love the comics. They love this character. They do not like being told that they're paying $10 for a single issue. Well, not just once or twice, but every six or seven months. That is way overkill. And you've absolutely killed the market where the next time you have a $10 book, the next issue after, I will probably be subs only. Because at this point, the fact that I'm only selling 15 copies is, is uh, you know, you've, you've killed the golden goose again. Because you, you're just greedy, and it, it's you know it's it's a bad situation where things need to change. So pe people don't want to pay ten dollars for a single issue of a comic, no matter how many pages it has. You know, especially when you have some uh, the more independent selling trades at about nine or ten dollars. Right, nine. exactly. Like I, I know, I think Valiants are pretty low for their first volume. Yeah, they on do their ten dollar trades. trades for yeah, Valiant. Yeah. They've got some awesome stuff. Yeah, yeah like. People are going to jump on that instead of paying, like you said, almost ten dollars for like a single right, issue yeah. or something like that. Uh, we talked about D DC earlier, right. and one of the things I thought was about, and I actually liked the New Fifty Two. Right. There was only I like one it. book I didn't enjoy, and that yeah. was Teen Titans. Right? Yeah, me I, I too. Totally yeah. Got, and Titans is my favorite book, so I was pretty yeah. disappointed with both writers on there. It's like, damn, it, this should have been better. Yeah. But almost every other one, I was like, oh, I liked it kind of. And yeah. that was an example of them trying stuff, but then saying like, okay, this didn't work. Right. We'll move on. We'll try something else. And it seems like with Marvel, they're just like, 
okay, we're throwing all this at you, Correct. and then like, and then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and, and like then four it, months later yeah, we throw the next yeah. big launch or six months instead later, of just trying different. something totally different. It seems right. like DC's more controlled when Marvel seems to be just like <laughs> it's chaos. Yeah, because yeah. because again, Mar- Marvel is correct. They do have some of the greatest characters in the world. Um, the problem is they just did a big relaunch. It's coming out this next month. It's called Legacy. And they're like, oh, we're going to get back to the, – the whole point of the new Iron Man book is uh, getting back to the hunt for Tony Stark. And this is the fall of Peter Parker and all things that involve the, the characters you want. That's great. But the problem is you've done so many things where if you go back and look at all the 80s issues of What If, how many of those have actually become stories in the Marvel Universe? What if Cap did this? What if, what if this guy was bad? What if this good guy turned bad? What if bad guy turned good? Almost all of those have been re- turned into actual ideas in the story, and will some work? People did not like Nazi Captain America. That wasn't exactly a real big hit. Uh, and was, even though it was shocking, got a lot of people talking, that Captain America Hydra story in Secret Empire, people hated that. That is my lowest selling event we've had in over a decade, at least, for Marvel. I mean, it is absolutely crazy how few people read even the main book, and it was like that in Civil War II, tie-ins were like the kiss of death there were issues of the tie-ins that sold less than they sold the month before normally tie-in means we're going to sell an extra two an extra five an extra ten metal tie-ins to the dc thing i ordered 80 copies of teen titans and sold 60 in a week you know even less than half a week because of the hurricane um but it's it's absolutely crazy that marvel doesn't understand what they've done that they have watered down their brand so hard by putting out way too much product at, at once and trying to make money off everything Guys, you, you have to understand, you can't put out 90 titles just to say, look, we're the biggest publisher. Yeah, but you paid 93 writers and 93 artists. I have a better idea. Pay 40 good writers and 40 good artists. <laughs> Let like Pay them each a little more and get some of these better creators, and you're going to get new people in. With DC's New 52, they spent millions of dollars on advertising, running TV advertising, and it worked. It got new people in the door. Um, when DC relaunched with Rebirth, they said, hey, fans, we, we know you didn't like this. We know this didn't catch on. We want to do this instead. And they basically fixed their wrongs. I won't say everything's perfect, but characters that were missing, like Wally West, we were happy to see back. That's my flash. So, you know, I, Barry's still – I still don't like Barry near as much as I like Wally West. So to see the real Wally West come back, that was just a very good uh, book that just – it spoke to me. It was awesome. And it was – and there's a reason we sold over 300, 400 copies of that book because it was just something we said, hey, guys, it's $2.99 for the first print for for uh, 64 pages of story. That's how you get people's attention. $2.99, sure, DC cut a price at a $5.99 or $3.99 or whatever. They said, hey, $2.99 for the first print, order order high. And then the books after, for the next three months, DC said, all the books we shipped the next three months, fully returnable. If you ordered 100 and you only sold 70, send 30 back. Talk about having faith in your product. Marvel has never done returnable books. They, they will never, ever, ever trust that all the hype and all the the um, buildup pays off, and so Marvel will not do returnable books. And this was the craziest. This was absolutely the turning point. I think where a few of the dealers that were their biggest fans said, "Guys, enough is enough." Last year, Marvel blamed the current problems of the market and stores going out of business because DC's returnable program. People had money tied up in DC. Oh, you ordered 100 of this and you only sold 70. You didn't get your money back on the other 30. So you had to wait till DC paid you back the money for those 30 copies. Oh, we know that money was tied up, so that was DC's fault that the market's in bad shape. This poor intern, I, this nobody at Marvel, like got up there and did this, and he didn't know what that he was gonna get. He practically got booed off the stage because he had a retailers meeting, and they're like, 
are, are you trolling us? Are you guys crazy saying this? Like, that's the craziest thing we've ever heard. So I kind of joke that DC's my business partner. Marvel's my business enemy. Like, Mar Marvel, the way that they treat retailers and the way they treat stores and even this whole comic industry and even fans, it's so weird. And then they, then they go back and say, oh, you guys hate diversity. You hate female characters because you didn't buy this one book. That book's terrible. Or that writer who's a young adult author cannot write comics to save his or her life and then you wonder why the book failed not every not every writer is going to be gold mm -hmm. in comics even stephen king said holy crap i've written hundreds of books how i can't write comics to save my life. he's like this is impossible he was originally supposed to write a a batman story for batman 400 he wrote a prose story instead because he's like wait you have to say what what version the you know which uh which way the camera goes and like which way the audience is looking in from an establishing shot and this and that he's like no way that's way too complicated for me i can never do this and stephen king one of the greatest writers of our time said comics were impossible to write and yet some of these young adult authors they have one successful book they put them on and then they go oh wow no nobody liked that that's a shame you know so it's kind of a shame not ev not everyone is going to be the next stephen king or the next jeff johns or the next like brian bendis marvel was actually on a good row with their their events and stuff for there for a while because even go back to the first civil war oh yeah that was, I gold. was really good oh, civil war was amazing and then they rode on to another uh, after that right. and it seemed like they were really knew what they were doing for a long time and then it just like it's almost like it was somebody who seen what they were doing right. but didn't actually understand what they were doing Correct. took over and like uh, it's just now they're just putting out books like right i remember when they did stuff like frontline right which that all the books weren't that great but that idea was really good right, to exactly. have that during an event like that Correct. and stuff like that like and even go back to their old days of stuff like acts of vengeance right i and, love that story and, yeah, yeah it's phenomenal and right? like uh alanis attacks and all these other stories yeah. they knew how to do a crossover i mean one of my favorite issues of fantastic four ever was secret wars too right yeah the one with johnny storm or right. the, the kid sets himself on fire that's yeah. a great story it and it's really part was. of the crossover yeah but you weren't forcing those books to say oh you had to be a major part of the right. story you just had to tie in yeah it. that was that was clever i mean back then they they knew what they were doing but keep in mind back then they only had Again, they had 40 books or whatever. There was one Fantastic Four. There was one Avengers. There was one or maybe a second Avengers. But it wasn't, hey, look, here's new Avengers, Uncanny Avengers, Secret Avengers, Regular Avengers, you know, all new, all different Avengers. Like, you can only relaunch so many times. You can only upset the apple cart, of, you know, so many times before people just give up on it. And it's just a weird situation. So, yeah, Mar Marvel um, right now, again, I, I kind of joke that I wish their best – comic could be as good as their worst movie or netflix show but it's just they're they're the best versions of these characters we're getting are on the big screen and even on small screen and it kind of sucks like i wish their comics were as like i cannot wait to read the next saga i cannot wait to read the next walking dead i'm it's sad how few comics i'm caught up on but as soon as some of these some of these books drop i'm like oh my god new saga i can't wait to read this and go oh my god that last page is so good what's gonna happen next month it's got that level of excitement and right now with with a very few exceptions Marvel's not getting that out of their fans. And their biggest long-term fans, they tried to reach so hard to an audience that, one, you know, uh, if a, even if a 15-year-old or, or even an 18 or 20-year-old wants to come in and buy comics and they're, you know, they don't have a, they have some disposable income, but they're not rich, they come in and go, oh, wow, this stack of comics, I can't even buy five Marvel comics for $20. That's not enough money to buy five books and, and get any change back. That's insane, you know? So, um Price-wise, they have not understood how much they've hurt the market. DC, when they have bi-weekly books and, and books that are coming out 24 times a year like Batman or Superman, they've kept the price at $2.99. Marvel doesn't understand, oh, first issue of a bi-weekly book, it's $4.99. Every issue is $3.99. 
price is a big factor and people are just more than ever we're seeing more price resistance people don't want to pay they'll, they'll tolerate 399 and deal with it if it's a great book but if it's an okay book or a bad book people are going to move over to 299 books from dc walking dead saga paper girls all of our best-selling books are mostly 299 and there's a reason i'm not saying every 299 book is gold but um if if a book that prints 20,000 copies 30,000 copies can afford to be 299 or 350 you don't need to be 499 for for your you know your top selling books because you're you're just squeezing money out of fans it's just a uh, greedy cash grab right now what would you say was the best marvel book um i i have really liked i like the first issue runaways that was pretty good that's a good good feel um which again rainbow rowls a uh it is a why you like young adult author so it's someone new that's coming to comics but so far it's at least someone that like gets it they they saw what were a lot of the things they did with runaways once brian k vaughn left and joss whedon's run uh after that they were not as strong as they they could have been and they had to follow some pretty big fill in some pretty big shoes um so th that one's pretty good i've liked alias by or jessica jones by um Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Gatos, their, their first run was phenomenal. Um, I really liked the, the Great Lakes Adventures series. I knew that wasn't going to last long, but that was a fun um, a fun read that was pretty silly. Um, I feel like there there's definitely some strong Marvel books. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man overall is pretty good, but I feel like there's been too many too many times that they've gone to, hey, look, here's another event with an Alpha issue and an Omega issue and a 499 this and a 599 that. Same thing. They just did a, an issue of Spider-Man, 999. And a lot of fans said, "Ugh, no, I'm just I refuse to pay ten dollars for a comic. I don't want to read a 18-page backup about AMA. I'm not interested. <laughs> like I, I don't want to pay more than 3.99 for a damn comic." So, um, yeah, there, there's some gems from Marvel. I mean, I just I wish they would streamline their stuff and realize not every hey look in humans we're trying to push this so there needs to be an ongoing of this and that and whatever you can't have six in humans ongoings you can barely have one one might might be a hit you can't have five or six and then wonder why people don't want to read a karnak ongoing series or you know <laughs> uh some other stuff so yeah it just it's kind of crazy on the other side of the street uh dc what you think is the best books um dc in? the metal crossover has been really good i mean you you could read the preview the the two preludes to it but you could just skip right into metal one it just to me is a really fun crossover and i won't pretend there's not some elements of danger and there's some darkness to it um there the whole thing revolves around there being a multiverse and another uh, universe where these evil versions of Batman, uh, the, the standout character is going to be the Batman who laughs, who's like, what if Bat Bruce Wayne kind of turned into the Joker? He's got a bunch of Robins like on a chain and everything. It's really, really creepy. But um, yeah, evil versions of Batman and metal uh, has been a big hit. The Batman book itself, it started off okay, but it's gotten much stronger. Um, the Superman book, Superman being a, a father, him, him back with Lois, like the, the Superman that was with Wonder Woman from New 52, they kind of wrote that out of continuity. I, I mean, they're saying it happened, but it kind of, they're, they're pushing that aside. Um, he's, he and Superman and Lois are together, and they have a son, and have a, super, a new Superboy, um, and their kid grew up kind of fast, but watching the interaction between him and Damien and Super Sons is really fun. I just, when DC said they were going to revitalize Superman, we were like, good luck with that. He hasn't been interesting pretty much since he died, <laughs> and uh, they really Really did a good job making Superman fresh and exciting, and uh, that's been great. Flash has also been greatly improved. The Green Lantern books are good. Uh, Justice League could use a little work. I wish that was stronger. But yeah, there, there's a lot of cool stuff from DC, and the, the cool thing is, anything we recommend, uh, you got a money-back guarantee on, and so far everyone's everyone's really enjoyed all the new, the, uh, new stuff from Rebirth that DC's done, so you know, hats off to them for 
kind of listening to fans and figuring out what worked and what didn't and fixing what needed to be fixed. And you talked about earlier some of your big hit uh, favorites in independence like Saga and Walking Dead and yeah, Baby um, 2. Saga will never manage to get out of our like top spot. Like Saga Volume 7, which is the newest volume, is our best-selling book so far this year. We just did an update last week, and it is our number one best-selling book, just barely edging out Rick and Morty Volume 1, which is also hysterically funny if you like the show. The comics are, are just as clever, which is something I really can't say about any other uh, any other show. Most of the comics based off cartoons and stuff are okay, but not amazing. But yeah, Rick and Morty's phenomenal. Um, Walking Dead, of course, is always going to be at the top of the list, our bestseller and our favorite books. Uh, Baby Teeth is off to a great start. We'll sell a ton of that graphic novel when that comes out. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, Witches and Monstrous are the two that like we've pushed, but we haven't pushed an insane amount. They just sell themselves. People just walk by and go, oh, this looks cool. Oh, this cover looks cool. The art looks cool. And by the end of it, we're like, oh, my God, we sold hundreds of copies of these? When, oh, my God, when did that happen? You know, But that $9.99 price point it, for, for a graphic novel, not for a comic, has done really, really well. And that's, that's really helped to kind of make those surprise hits for us where a lot of new people got into those books just because the, the cover caught them. And they went, 10 bucks, of course, I'll give it a shot, you know. That's cool. So to uh, wrap this up, you want to promote some upcoming events you have? Uh, yeah. Um, every every week we're, um, we do uh, weekly trivia over at Broken Barrel at uh, every Sunday night at 7.30. We also have a uh, 24-hour comic day coming up October 7th. That's going to be fun. Uh, artists trying to draw 24-page uh, comics in 24 hours. Uh, then, of course, we've got Halloween Comic Fest coming up at the end of October. Waka the Living Dead, the um, the zombie walk and pub crawl is going to be on October 14th, so that's always fun. And um, yeah, just and we're guiding, we're still working out some plans. Got a uh, exciting creator coming up for uh, Mini Free Comic Day, and that'll be on um, November 11th. So yeah, we're really really lucky to have just so you know we do as much as we can as far as big events, and then uh, I think the biggest thing towards the end of the year, Small Business Saturday, we'll do that and. Uh, um, Black Friday, of course, um, you know, are always big hits where we have a lot of cool things on sale. So Cool. Well, thanks for joining me for this uh, talk, Rick. I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank cool. you.